0: Gary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent, you haven't yet. Subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Also, do that while you're here. Let's get into it. Today, we are continuing our summer shoot around series that we'll be doing over a seven week uh, span. We've already published episodes on. Arizona, and Arkansas. We're working in alphabetical order here, so now we turn our attention to the Baylor Bears. Last season, season Baylor finished 23-11 and overall, 11-7 and in the Big 12, finished tied for third in the league standings. The Bears lost their opening game in the Big 12 tournament. Got a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Beat UC Santa Barbara in the round of 64. Then lost to Creighton in the round of 32. Finished 16th at Ken Palm. Top three scores for that team are gone. But Jalen Bridges, Langston Love, and Jonathan Chachawa are all back. And Scott Drew is enrolling a five-star guard and some interesting transfers. I've got Baylor ranked 18th in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks about that next. But first, a word
1: Subscribe to Point point forward the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Continue to send in your comments and questions to the show over email. Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Include your name and the town or city you are from. We've got a great variety of general intrigue and really random comments that have filled up the inbox since we started that email address last year. Uh, send it whenever inspiration hits you in the middle of a show or in the middle of the night. Doesn't matter to us. Uh, some of these things are funny. We can't respond to everyone and we can't get everyone on the show. But you never know. We have had some random ones pop in. And on the mailbag note, um, we have done some video submissions in the past. Would like to do more. So if you feel compelled, keep it simple. Who you are, where you're from, and your question, wrap it. 15 seconds or less. Short the better, right to the point. Um, we appreciate some of the videos that say you know who you are, where you're from and why you like the show, but we want to keep it tight. So if you can keep it tight, you want to send in something you might just see yourself on YouTube.
0: Okay. Dead leg. Baylor is a preseason top 20 team. Can you dig it or you do? You despise
1: it. Uh, this doesn't need to be the tea every time. <laughs> oh, I think it does. All right. So you said they were 23 and 11 last season. I wish I had looked this up because I feel like when we did regular season win total a year ago on Baylor, feel like I went kind of, I went, I went lower and, uh, you chastised me for it. And I said, you'd be wrong. And you said, I wouldn't be, you can ask Bryce. And I said, I'll ask Bryce. And then Bryce said, this is Bryce and I don't care. He did not give a damn, Doesn't but, care. uh, but interesting to look back uh, in retrospect on where Baylor was. And, and certainly, uh, it was a good season, but you know, they're losing a lot. Um, Scott Drew's in, in good spirits as of late though. Did you see him in Rucker park? For the Big 12's New York City initiative.
0: I did not see him. I mean, I would have liked to have uh, gone.
1: Why why weren't you there? Actually, now that I realize that you're in New York, the Big 12 did this whole like Rucker Park, New York City initiative. You had some Big 12 coaches there. Mike Boynton went back to his old stomping grounds. Scott Drew was there. I'm not quite sure what the connection is, but I do like it. But I'm, I, but regardless, uh,
0: why weren't you there? Because this week I'm doing five television shows and eight podcasts. <laughs> okay. Because from the Sounds moment I like wake up excuse to me, uh, from the time I wake up until about five thirty PM, I am f- talking all day long. T- I'm either, I'm either talking or preparing to talk all day long. So, um, I, I, I know I did see it on Twitter like they're in Rucker Park and I had the same thought like, oh, man, I would have loved to been there. But when I had that thought, I was uh, getting my makeup done uh, for time to shine on CBS Sports Network.
1: I need a violin drop on this somewhere. Don't have it yet. Um, Regardless, what was I going with that? Scott Mm -hmm. Drew living life well. uh, And listen, he's got a four year streak of top three finishes in the Big 12 Um, in the past three years on the offensive end. Baylor's per possession offense at Kempom two. Eight and two, second, eighth, and second. So the offense has been rolling, but here's the deal. And did you pick up on this in your old uh, little research? Last year's defense was the worst defensive efficiency that he has had at Baylor since 2006, 2007. That team went 15 and 16 GP. So, in some ways, it's impressive that they went 23 and 11 despite having a porous ranked outside the top 100 defense uh but this year's team has to be improved on that end of the floor because i don't think baylor will have it'll have all oh, i won't say i won't say no shot it will have almost no shot if the defense is sub 80 and now you've got this big 12 that's bringing in you know most notably houston but it's just you know it's going to be a little more crowded and we uh I looked it up. I guess we don't know the Big 12 opponents just yet. It'll be, it'll still be an 18 game schedule, I suppose. But, uh, but we don't know who Baylor is getting. If the Big 12 is smart, it's going to try and get Baylor with as many high profile opponents as possible, even if that might be uh, against uh, that, you know, Drew and his staff's wishes because they'd like to not be like, you know, the toughest schedule in the league. We'll see about that. But I don't know if they'd be top three in the league if they're going to be still outside the top 80 in defensive efficiency because I don't know. You can inform the folks on on this roster situation. I don't know who's going to be the dude. Um, You lose Keontae George, first round NBA, top 20 NBA talent, right? And he scored 15 a game. You lose Flagler and Cryer, who were good for more than 30 a game and had been the past couple of years, you know, guys who were not perfect players, but relatively reliable bucket getters, right? They are now gone. So you are losing, you are losing 45, Eight fifty 50 points a night between those guys close to it. And you do have some guys that are returning and some, some key freshmen and some transfers. But when I look at Baylor and what's on the roster here, I'm just wondering who's going to be the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. Who's going to be their alpha. Sure. There might be one that emerges, but I'm not convinced right now that, uh, that that's an obvious answer.
0: Um, on the defense stuff. And I, I would have to look into it a little more deeply. Um, to, to have any sort of real opinions about it but one thing that is undeniable about last season's team is that they they were small and um, you know you can win playing small, I guess at any level of basketball college included. But LJ Cryer six one, Adam Flagler six three, Keontae George six four, and I'm not sure Keontae George six four. So they were very little, and typically he's not. I stood next to him. Let me assure <laughs> yes. you. Okay, yeah, I'm 6'3". three. Yes. Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, you know, I, I, you can offensively you can be small and get away with it, but you can also pay for it on the defensive end of the court. And I, I wonder if that there's a connection there. Baylor was unusually small, and um, and unusually not great. Not good uh, defensively. They'll be a bit, little bigger this season, I think. If they if they start something like Ray J. Dennis, Langston Love, Jacoby Walter, that's six two, six five, six five. So it's a little, a little bigger than than what they were last year. As for who's going to be the guy, I, I mean, I, I think it's there's two guys you, you point at. One of them is Ray J. Dennis, and the other one is Jacoby Walter. Uh, Ray J. Dennis is a, a transfer from Toledo. Started his career at Boise State, and then. Um, uh, he played two years at Boise, played two years at Toledo. He's taking advantage of of the extra COVID year. This will be his fifth year of college basketball. He was terrific last season: nineteen and a half points, five point eight assists, four point three rebounds in thirty four minutes per game. Um, he was the MAC Player of the Year. He shot nearly thirty seven percent from three on more than four attempts per game. Uh, the one thing that I, I will want to pay attention to uh, as he, you know, transfers up, as we say, is that basically everything he did last season was against a mid-major opponent. They only played one game, uh, Toledo, against a Power 5 opponent. That was Michigan and the NIT, and he was 5 of 19 in that game. So is he just a guy who, um, you know, ate on on mid-major competition and it won't necessarily translate to the Big 12? Or is he somebody who could do this at any level? We'll see. But if you look over who's going to be the guy, I, I, I think Ray J. Dennis is a, a good place to start. And it's nice to have a Ray J. in college basketball. You know, Ray J.'s a legend. You know,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> are you? Design- He's getting that designation right now.
0: No, I mean Ray, the the original Ray J. Yeah, like maybe the most successful adult film in history. Okay, with Kim Kardashian.
1: Oh, we can't. Yeah, we. Can, I mean, the, uh, <laughs> let's roll a clip. <laughs> No, we're not. That's <laughs> not not I just. I think Nana might have instinctively been like, "Oh, uh, wait, what?"
0: <laughs> and now a word from Kim K. Superstar. Okay. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, but it's nice man. to have a Ray J in college basketball. Jacoby Walter is just like you know he's the latest five star guard to enroll at at Baylor. He's six five wing, um, was ranked eighth in the class of two thousand twenty three. High volume score, more of a wing than a guard. But has developed guard skills in, in recent years. So, if you were to ask me right now who's going to be the leading score at Baylor, I would place a lot of money on either Ray J. Dennis or Jacoby Walter.
1: Yeah, and remember, Flagler grew into a really good high major player, and he started his career at Presbyterian. So, and you know, they've just, they've established this role, so to speak, before. But we'll see. Jaden Nunn's coming over by via VCU as well. Um, I would say this. I don't, I wouldn't think that with, with how good George was like Keontae George was a top five freshman in the country last season. Um, I'm not sure if Ray J Dennis is going to be as good as him. I I I don't know. How about this? George averaged what? 15 a game shot 37% from the field. Not great, but he had 4.2 rebounds, two point and assists. Um, Keontae George had a little Caleb Love in him last season. If we're being honest, You're a, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, that's fair. A little bit. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's fair. But um, I'm fascinated to see what what Baylor is going to be here because similar to what we just talked about on our Arkansas episode, you know, there is a there is an established pattern uh, in the past half decade with you know even more with Baylor than it is with Arkansas because Drew has been there longer of trusting that this team should be good. But that being said, nothing is guaranteed. The Big 12 has been the best league in the country years on years. You know, the majority of the past decade, Baylor has been a huge part of that. Um, And now... You get Houston coming in, Cincinnati. I think is actually going to be pretty decent. Uh, we'll see what UCF and BYU provide, and then this is the last year that Texas and Oklahoma will be involved. But like, I think Oklahoma will be a little bit better, and and Texas, you know, now that it's got its its head coaching situation firmed up for good with Rodney Terry now uh, the full time coach there, I think Texas will still be pretty solid. So um, I find Baylor's spectrum for outcomes to be fairly uh, vast, just because I you know got to see if Dennis hits it you know as as uh, as the up transfer there
0: oh ray j hits it
1: okay there we go every sport has their big juicy controversy boxing has the mike
0: tyson ear bite cycling has lance armstrong baseball has its steroid era curling has broomgate It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. On
1: May 23rd...
0: I want to go back to normal.
1: What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okey <laughs> <laughs> dokey. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us for the end. I have visions of Make it stop. Make it shut up. <laughs> You're not going to survive this. Evil,
0: the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Should we go win total over under? Well, just um, for some context here, I've got Baylor third in the top 20, uh, in the uh, Big 12, 18th in the top 25 and 1. Uh, only uh, behind in the league, Kansas, which I have number one, and Houston, which I have number seven. It's wild to look at the the preseason projections from Torvik because just like you're not used to seeing these names yet in this league, Torvik's got the Big Twelve shaking out like this: Kansas one, Houston two, Texas three. TCU 4, Baylor 5. So I've got Baylor 3rd in the Big 12. Torvik's preseason projections have Baylor 5th. Like you noted, Baylor has finished uh, top 3 in the Big 12, 4 straight seasons, top 4, 5 straight seasons. So if they slip out of the top 4, which is what Torvik is projecting right now, uh, that'll be the first time in a long time that they've done that. Torvik has Texas 6th, um, Kansas State 7th, Iowa State 8th, BYU ninth, mm. Cincinnati 10th, Oklahoma State 11th, West Virginia twelfth, Oklahoma thirteenth, Oklahoma thirteenth, and then Buddy, you better get used to this unless something changes. Central Florida fourteenth.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that uh, that could well be the case. Ah, fascinating stuff on the Big Twelve. I'm looking forward to uh, come October our our conference preview with that because yeah, it's 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 a one and done year with the league being that big, at least with that composition of teams and. uh yeah, it, uh, and, I I do wonder if the strength of the league. You add more teams, that you know, it should. You'll have a kind of a, you know, couple teams at the bottom that uh, kind of weighs down a little bit. And I wonder if the Big Twelve will be able to hold on to its its number one ranking. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. Just to go through some roster stuff, we talked about Ray J. Dennis. We talked about Jacoby Walter. If you're trying to fill out a starting lineup, you probably also go Langston Love. Um, yeah, I think so. Six foot five guard. He averaged six point three points, two point two rebounds. Uh, in only like sixteen point six minutes per game last season, shot thirty six point four percent from three. He just was, you know, he's a role player. They were they, they were loaded in the backcourt last yeah. season, so it was hard, you know, anybody other than Flagler, Crier, George to get minutes. But Langston Love's probably going to slide into that starting spot, I would assume. Just on paper, it mm-hmm. looks like um, next season. Jalen Bridges, you know, he was good last season, yeah. not not overwhelmingly good, and it took a minute and a little uneven, but ten point three points, five point six no. rebounds. 27 minutes per game he took three threes a game he made uh, only 32 percent of them but but he is a career 34 percent three-point shooter so he's like kind of a a stretch forward kind of and then in the middle probably jonathan chamwachachwa only Mm -hmm. um had 12 appearances last season he was recovering from that devastating knee injury the year prior so he was linked to the party but um, you know, he's a he's a he's a meaningful player at Baylor and has been uh, for for many years now. So if, if that's the starting lineup, like I don't mind that. It's a pretty good starting lineup from my yeah. perspective. And the recruiting class is ranked fifth nationally. And um, you know, they got another top 40 guard in the class of 2023, Miro Little. Uh, Eve Misi is a six ten center, ranked 40th in the class of 2023. And then there's another transfer, and this guy could be good, Jaden Nunn. Six four, uh, averaged nine points at VCU last season. Shot forty percent from three. So like that's that's eight deep right there. That's all you need in college basketball, barring injuries. And that's a pretty good that's a pretty good top eight.
1: And Everyday John is like the emotional center of that team. I think his presence is going to be extremely important to Baylor's bona fides this season. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Would agree. So we're thinking uh, Everyday John Bridges Langston Love Dennis. Jacoby Walter starting five, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably, I think that's probably what they will. I think that's probably where they wind up betting. Okay. Regular season win total over under. Here we go. I'm not going to get into the buy games, but uh, Baylor's got some notable, some notable stuff on the schedule here. So first it'll be against Auburn in the Sanford Pentagon, November 7th, because why wouldn't Baylor and Auburn play in the middle of South Dakota shouts to the Pentagon? One of our favorite venues here on the ion college basketball podcast. Then Uh, Fast forward uh, 15 days on November 22 and 24. The opponents are still to be determined, but um, Baylor's in the NIT season tip-off at Barclays Center. So uh, I am guessing, so it's Baylor, Pitt, Oregon State, Florida. I'm going to guess that Baylor gets Oregon State, then we'll, depending on result, we'll either get Pitt or Florida. That's just my anticipation there. It will host Seton Hall, December 5th, the Big 12, Big East battle, which has been a thing in recent seasons. And then December 16th, uh, this did get reported early this week. um, And I can confirm that Michigan State is going to play Baylor in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. That's on December 16th. That's a really nice matchup there. Uh, Both those coaches have been unafraid of scheduling ambitiously a non-con for a long time. Izzo, chief among really almost any other head coach. So that's awesome. And then just four days later, and Baylor is going to have another neutral. This one did get announced recently, and that's the game against Duke at Madison Square Garden on December 20th. So that's pretty pretty big. Everything else is going to be, I think, a bye game. And because it's the Big 12, and I, what I saw earlier is not correct, I think the Big 12 is going to stay at 18 league games this season, which means there's 12, no, 13 non-con games to fill up. Baylor will have a lot of buy game filler. But you get Auburn, you get two at the NIS and of tip off, you get Seton Hall, you get MSU, and you get Duke. So you get six notable games. Although I, you could argue if for some reason they play Oregon State. Um, all due respect to Beaver Fever, maybe not. Uh, with that in mind, and we don't know the Big Twelve opponents, so we're flying a little blind. I'm going to set the over under on Baylor's regular season win total at 22.5. Where are you going? <clears throat>
0: I was going to go three non-league losses and seven league losses. Because it's the Big 12. Everybody takes seven league losses except Kansas. So that's 10. 31 minus 10 is 21. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable going the under on Scott Drew. But mm. I just went beyond the, the math, the math.
1: Okay. I I'm like it, down. though.
0: 21 victories heading into the Big 12 tournament.
1: You know, why I like this because... Uh, yeah, and one not knowing like okay, it breaks my yeah. heart. Uh, we've, we we got to figure like Baylor's gonna have a home and home with Kansas and stuff like that. But, but but does Baylor have to go to Houston and doesn't get to host Houston? Like we don't know that stuff and it would inform us. But hey, this is the start of the alphabet. You get the earlier show, so we're flying a little blind here. Um, I almost went twenty one and ten, but I decided I said you know what, I'll go tw- I'll go twenty two and nine. And the reason I like this is normally. Like if you pick, if you go to yours and mine in the short history of us doing this, I'm way more likely to be lower than you. So at least for one team, you are the lower total. And of all the, te- of all the teams, again, Bryce True's brother. Well, this is Bryce and I don't care. It doesn't care. No, so I good. mean, I don't feel comfortable right now with what I've. You've seen. done it. It's on the record in perpetuity. I don't feel comfortable with it. It's I not- got him at 22 and nine. GP's got Baylor. What'd you say? Eleven and twenty overall. Twenty-one and ten, but it hurts my heart because
0: Baylor is a part of my heart. I'm like basically, I feel like I'm a Baylor Bear. I'll think about level. how
1: Terry Teagle did the podcast dirty, and maybe you get a little more comfortable with them.
0: Yeah, bench. I don't, I don't care for that guy anymore.
1: <laughs> okay. So there we go. All right, over under twenty-two point five is the regular season win prediction for these Baylor Bears, who we do expect to be relevant, interesting. Maybe it gets a little bit bumpy. Yes, there's some good challenges in the non-con. We like to see that. You've got them taking three L's. Um, You know, maybe it's Duke. Maybe it's Michigan State. And there's just one other mix in there. I think that's entirely, entirely reasonable. But uh, Scott Drew looking to have an NCAA tournament Level team, I say NCAA tournament level because they had an NCAA tournament level team in 2020 when we didn't have a tournament. It would be the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now it would be the tenth time in eleven seasons if that is the case, and we do fully expect it to be the case that the Baylor Bears are clear into the NCAA's. And every single one of those previous nine out of ten seasons, Baylor has been a single-digit seed. Three times a one-level, uh, one seed level team, and a couple times they've been uh, they've been a three seed. So not only are they getting in, they're getting in with these. Speaks to the job he's done, and uh, we've got them. You know, in a tough Big Twelve, and with a tough non-con, and with just uh, an MVP, a stud, an alpha needing to identify themselves. Uh, maybe just a little bit lower in the win total than some recent seasons
0: shouts to devin Downey. shouts to chester south carolina shouts to hunk shouts to larnell and thank you guys once again for watching listening to the i own college basketball podcast if you're not subscribed please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts including apple and spotify there's more of us than there are of them it needs to be reflected in the comments so thank you in advance if you're gonna do
1: that i don't know how many we're gonna get after a baylor episode with that just
0: it's a it's a it's a tricky situation, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a tricky
1: situation. Well, you know what? We we bring everyone together. Scott Drew being evidence of that, maybe as much as any other one. So we bring really
0: everybody right. together. Yeah. We right. bring everybody together. Next up in the summer shoot around, it's the reigning national champions, the Connecticut Huskies. We'll have that for you real soon. <laughs> next
1: week. Next, next week. It's on Monday. I know the okay, UConn yeah. episode is coming Monday. We'll talk to you then.